You're listening to the Spawn on Me podcast with your host, the captain, Khalif Adams, the Baron of Bourbon, Cicero Holmes, and the man who makes everything look good, Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. Welcome to Bricago, y'all. What's good, everybody? This is Khalif Adams, and this is the Spawn on Me podcast. Super excited to have you all here this week and every week. Want to give you all a big shout out and some love for checking out the last episode with our friend Mike Robles. He was fantastic. We got to talk a lot about being a community manager and doing a lot of CM work for Microsoft and all of the other things that he's been doing and making that connection between uh, content creator and being a CM. So it was a really fun and dope conversation. Super glad to have had him. And thank you all for listening there, checking us out on Twitch and everywhere else that we live. Um, this episode is going to be a little bit of our E3 predictions. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my time in LA uh, over at Twitch. I got to go to Twitch HQ uh, for some fantastic news that I'm going to be able to share with you all here on the podcast this week. Uh, lots of fun, th- fun things in store there. Um, and we'll see where else the rest of the show takes us. I think it's going to be a, a little bit of everything uh, in this show. Uh, plus, I'll probably talk a little bit about a game that I've been playing as well towards the end of the episode. Um, yeah. E3 is almost upon us. We are almost, let me see, we're inside of a month at this point. Uh, We're probably about two or three weeks away. I'll be going down uh, from the 9th uh, to the 12th. uh, So that's that Sunday uh, to Wednesday of E3. Um, of course, you know, we love being at E3, having a presence there for the past couple of years has been a great boon to our show. Um, it's been really fantastic to be able to not only kind of just get to know more people in the industry, but also get our feet wet in terms of doing video and doing audio on the run and on the fly. Uh, we had a fantastic E3 last year. We're hoping to do that again this year with more coverage uh, and more video coverage at that. Uh, we have some wonderful friends, uh, listeners of the show who are going to be helping us out on that end of it, uh, on that end um, this year. So that's going to be pretty cool. Um, it's always fun to be able to pull in new talent and, and folks who we know that have been doing cool stuff in the works uh, for a long time. So super excited. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a couple of upcoming shows. Um, yeah, I, E3 this year is going to be a very interesting bag in lots of ways. Uh, we already know that Sony, again, is not going to have a presence at the show. Uh, we know that they have backed out and they're going to probably do their own thing, if not later this year, at least early next year. We know that the conversations around new consoles have been kind of moving up and down the airways a lot. We saw that Microsoft had already come through with their diskless cloud-based uh, kind of only digital version of their Xbox. Uh, so we know that that's already going to be announced and in, in, in the space. Um so it is going to be a little bit different this year. I feel like the, you know, the usual conversations around competition are going to be pretty different. Uh, we already know some of the players. We already know some of the things that we already have gotten to see in terms of, you know, the the major players. Um, but let's kind of go down the list and, and go through the folks who we already know are going to be there. Uh, some possible surprises, some ideas around what we think may may happen and also you know, if there are any known entities, let's kind of dig through it and go through that stuff. So Sunday is usually the day that Microsoft has their big conference. Uh, they are going to be doing, I have a feeling, I know a lot of people have been talking about this in a way that says like, no, we don't think that they're going to talk anything about their new console. 
I feel like they kind of have to talk about their new console for them to make any real movement going towards 2020. Uh, 2019 is kind of almost at this halfway mark. We're a month out at this point. Once E3 starts, we'll be, we'll be the halfway mark of 2019. They've already kind of talked about their X cloud initiative of having games be playable on multiple devices. Uh, anything from an iPad to your phone, uh, to normal consoles, to PCs, they've already kind of figured out their ecosystem on the PC side and how they want all those things to touch. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they demo some of that stuff. Cause I feel like they're going to have to talk about X cloud things. Um, if you're not familiar with X cloud, again, there's like a whole bunch of articles that are out there that, that have been talking about this move towards getting themselves closer to the cloud. They have decided to kind of jump into really kind of new territory while doing stuff that we haven't really seen before. So like, think about the idea of them, you know, with that partnership that just got announced last week, uh, with them working with Sony to kind of, kind of bolster their infrastructure and their future for uh, future focused look towards cloud gaming to kind of stave off Google and Stadia. They're in a really cool position right now to both be working with other teams other companies, other rivals in some ways, you know, we've been seeing them work with Nintendo earlier in the year and kind of talking about, you know, broadening that out. Now this maneuver with Sony looking towards the future to kind of solidify what they've already put into place. I think Microsoft is in probably the best position right now of all three, three squads. Uh, Google still hasn't figured out what it wants to do. Um, they've been kind of tight lipped about what their actual services are going to look like. I have a feeling they may, I wonder if they're going to have a presence at, uh, E3 this year. It would be cool to see. Um, I just don't know if they're actually going to do anything yet. Uh, would be cool. I would like to see it. I don't know what it looks like and I don't know how that would actually play itself out, but, um, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, alongside that, I think, you know, we'll also get the kind of usual flavors of games and stuff. We already know some things that have kind of been talked about or teased in the previous E3. Um, and we just haven't heard anything new about those things like Halo Infinite. I'm expecting to see hopefully some gameplay at that during their press conference. Gears of War 5 and Battletoads may definitely show up. Uh, those games have been talked about a bunch, but nothing has really been shown. Um, it's going to be really cool to see what happens in terms of the new studios that they acquired, like Ninja Theory and Obsidian. Um, I'm really excited to see what they do with Ninja Theory. I think that that company has always put out quality games, and I just don't know what else they have up their sleeve. It would be cool to see the next step that they take uh, because they've always put out great content. I do think though, again, like if they do not share actual stuff playing off that new hardware that they've already been teasing for the past two years now, that's going to be a bad look for them. I feel like they have the perfect timing this year with no other competition in terms of the big two to not put out something that's going to kind of tease out or at least showcase where the quote unquote next generation of gaming is going to wind up landing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm really excited to see how that plays itself out. Um, and I want to see some new stuff. Like I am so excited for the E3 spectacle that we always get uh, because it is always that fresh time of year when you know that something new is going to kind of come out of nowhere 
I've been dodging left and right spoilers. I saw something when I was doing some research for this episode that I was like, saw an article that was like, all the things that Xbox is probably going to talk about. I don't want to know because I really do love getting into the stadium, getting into the Microsoft Center or the Microsoft uh, uh, Arena. I forgot what they call it, actually. Um, and sitting there in the audience and waiting for the lights to go down and, and Phil to get on stage and for him to kind of talk about stuff. I remember specifically one year we had a, we had some seats that were behind the stage. Basically they were like off to the side and Phil was talking off the teleprompter and we could see all the things that were going to be announced before they got announced. So now I definitely know where not to sit (laughs) in terms of, uh, not wanting to be spoiled by things, but, um, It'll be interesting to also see what happens with Mixer. I feel like there's an opportunity there to kind of talk about how well they're doing. They totally missed a, a space in their last uh, big conference last year to talk about Mixer and all the cool things that they're doing over there. So I'm hoping that they figure out a way to integrate some more Mixer stuff and conversations into the mix there. Cause it is really important to see how their streaming service is doing in comparison to our friends over at Twitch. Um, then you move down the line, uh, down later in the evening to Bethesda, who is in an interesting space right now. Bethesda having just dropped Rage, uh, and Rage is, I'm playing it, and I like it a lot. It, it does a lot of cool stuff, but in the grand scheme, it's kind of a mediocre game. It's not pushing any boundaries. It's sticking really close to its formulas, and it's not really doing anything specifically different in most of the stuff we've already seen, but I feel like it's in a good visual space to kind of talk about where it is and how it could be uh, kind of coming out with more, not necessarily DLC so early, but some kind of expansion towards more content for that particular game. I think the thing that everybody's excited about is finding out what the deal is with Wolfenstein Youngblood and Doom Eternal, uh, two games that we all have been kind of thinking about in games that are kind of coming from a new perspective with new protagonists and uh, building out new worlds coming from the viewpoint of the two women who are uh, the daughters of the main protagonist in Wolfenstein. It's going to be cool to see how that kind of plays itself out and what happens there. Doom Eternal, I I think that they have a good spot there for them. It's just another weird kind of back-to-back feeling game when you've already had a good version of Doom out in the world. Then you come out with Rage and you kind of go back in with another Doom game. It feels a little bit too close. Uh, if I'm being honest, it feels like those games are, have come out too too close together and there isn't that much difference between them. Uh, but there may be some, you know, some like twists and turns in there that might that might be helpful. Um, Elder Scrolls Online as well will be in that space. Uh, I've not played it yet, but I know a lot of people who like it. A lot of people dig it. They've been uh, kind of digging into the, the DLC content and the kind of open worldness of that MMO and, and building upon that. Um, and I'm curious to see if anything gets talked about in terms of Fallout 76. Fallout 76 is still, you know, a weird debacle that people really like uh, who are really into that niche. Like the people who are digging it are really digging it. And everybody else who doesn't like it, they're just like, I don't even know why this is a thing. <laughs> uh, we, you got our money. You, you, you beat us over the head. And now we're in the wasteland with no game uh, and nothing to play. So fallout 76, it, it'll be interesting to see how they treat that 
um, and how they kind of frame the conversation around that game. Because I don't know if you can call that game a success. I think it sold well, but I think the the, the sentiments around that game uh, didn't really work out well for Bethesda in the way that they wanted to. The thing that everyone wants to kind of find out is going to be about Starfield and the Elder Scrolls Six. Um, if they show anything from Starfield or the new Elder Scrolls game, the internet is going to lose its mind in two ways. One, if they just show the stuff uh, in general, it's going to get a lot of love because people love Bethesda games. They understand that the lore is going to be pretty, pretty great. If they're going to get killed, if the engine doesn't look good, if the engine doesn't look any different than what we've seen in Fallout 76, they are going to get killed on the internet. Twitter is going to lose its mind. Everyone is going to freak out. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to hear it from on high on every mountaintop that Bethesda is not doing what they need to do. And they are kind of fronting on making sure that they're moving forward. I really hope that they show something because I'm really excited for Starfield. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I just know that the, the Bethesda pedigree is pretty strong. Um, Elder Scrolls, I'm not as actually as excited about because I've been playing Skyrim God knows how many years at this point. So I don't know how many more things they're going to be able to show me uh, besides, uh, you know, either really big monsters or really big landscapes. But I feel like, again, if they don't show something that's visually appealing in the way that it needs to be for this generation, uh, seeing some of the things that we've already seen in that space, they're going to be at a huge disadvantage in terms of sentiment going out of that show. So I'm excited for Bethesda. They always put on a good party afterward. Mad Turkey Legs. Them joints, is, <laughs> joints are huge. Uh, I took some pictures of those a couple years ago, and they, they definitely throw a fantastic party. Uh, so I'm excited for, for that part of it. The PC gaming show moves over to Monday. Um, there isn't usually a lot of stuff coming out of the PC game show that most people care about. I do know that there has been some really um, cool conversations around both Epic kind of uh, sponsoring the show while also showcasing games from their store in the show. People have freaked out about that, which I don't think it's a conflict of interest. I don't think it's a problem. I'm excited for them to be able to throw money towards this thing so that more people can see more PC games as a person who is playing more on PC of late. Uh, I am definitely paying attention more to, you know, hardware and software on that cons on, I'm sorry, on that platform because I've been playing things in such beautiful 60 frames per second, almost 4k 60 for most of the stuff I'm playing right now. Uh, we've seen at least two cards get announced in the past year uh, on the NVIDIA RTX side. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do in terms of having conversations around ray tracing to see if that's going to become a thing uh, that people actually really care about and see, you know, what games have actually kind of been using it. I know the, the uh, backlash towards Anthem uh, has been pretty, pretty heavy over the past year. Uh, but it, you know, there have been some technical, uh, additions to that game that I feel may be interesting. I don't think it's going to be enough to bring people back, but I remember one of the demos that showed off all the RTX ray tracing stuff for Anthem was one of the things that made me want to get that game. So, uh, you know, I own it, I'm not playing it. 
but it is a thing that I'll be able to look at and say, I will be able to see the pretty once, you know, they bump in all those, all those kind of um, tidbits that we've seen in there. Uh, so I'm excited for what's going to happen at a PC gaming show. I think that they, it's, it's a show that doesn't really get a lot of love. It feels like it's kind of a, an afterthought when it comes to most of the conferences, it doesn't really get a lot of coverage. Um, but I'm hoping to check out some stuff from there. I think it'll be streamed on Twitch. Well, most, most likely, uh, I don't think they're going to do the physical location like they did before. Uh, cause it was kind of empty and it was a little bit sad to be honest. The last time I went, uh, when they did a PC gamer show, uh, live and in front of actual people. Uh, so we continue over on Monday to Ubisoft. Ubisoft is going to be doing lots of stuff. Uh, they just talked about their newest uh, Ghost Recon game, which I'm actually pretty excited about. I'm hoping, hoping, hoping it's not as racist and tropey as the last game, uh, because that was a debacle. Uh, it was not good at all in terms of what they tried to do story-wise. I'll say the open world stuff that they put into the game in terms of the actual like multiplayer parts weirdly just like underrated in a lot of ways because they did some good work in terms of building that stuff back up later but everyone kind of talked about the narrative in the single player stuff and didn't really give the multiplayer stuff a lot of love ubisoft has been one of those comeback kid uh studios where they continue to put stuff out in the world it doesn't hit with the force that we expect it to but then you give it like six months to marinate and then they wind up coming out with some dope stuff. Um, it's happened with Assassin's Creed. It's happened with, uh, you know, most of the games they've had in the past couple of years. Um, it will be cool to see if they do announce a new Watch Dogs game. I think it's about time uh, for Watch Dogs 3. I think that makes a lot of sense at this point. Uh, I would be it would be cool to see if it was Marcus. But it would really be dope if they had a female protagonist as the main player of Watch Dogs 3. I think there's so many angles to a game like that. So many better storylines that can be written. Uh, and if she is a person of color, that makes it even better. Uh, it would even be super, super dope if they made her uh, from a super marginalized group. You know, like if maybe she was trans or you know something else that would be pretty interesting to see how they tackle some of these storylines and the kind of character development with a character like that um so i would be super excited for that i think that that would be something that would be real funky um in terms of adding some new flavor to the space uh we still haven't seen anything about beyond good and evil 2. uh we've seen some gameplay uh alpha stuff uh, that hasn't gotten any love since they did some dev documents or document, uh, documentaries, I'm sorry, about kind of the early stuff that's coming out of that game. And they haven't done much since then. Uh, I do want to see how that game is kind of panning, panning out and seeing if it's going to be better than, you know, what the alpha stuff looked like before. I don't know how far along they've gotten down into the development cycle, but it will be cool to see a little bit of an update from that. Friend of the show, Julian Garrity, who is the creative director over at The Division 2. Uh, I don't know what happened, uh, but it was one of the funniest things of last week. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, uh, he had a faux pas, as they say, uh, in terms of tweeting out some stuff that is not necessarily supposed to be out in the world. 
Um, he tweeted out basically that he was working with the folks who made the last Far Cry game uh, in terms of making a new Splinter Cell game. And the internet lost its mind. Everyone freaked out. They were like, yo, you just totally just like randomly said that in a tweet. Uh, did the people in PR know about that? Like who knew that you were just going to shout that out? And they tried to cover it up a bunch and they were like, yeah, you know, he, he plays jokes and stuff online. He like changed his Twitter banner. He tweets, he changed his Twitter avatar to stuff that looked like uh, Splinter Cell stuff. It was all Sam Fisher stuff. Um, it was a good joke. If it was a joke, quote unquote, I'm throwing up my air quotes, but I think it's also time for a new Splinter Cell game. Like it, it, we've all kind of wanted one. It's interesting to see politically how that would kind of work because Sam Fisher, if you think about it, we have most of the folks who, at least in our kind of, uh, circles, at least folks who listen to spawn on me and folks who are kind of in those circles, we're all kind of ward and gunned out at this point, like shooting people is not necessarily a thing that everybody wants, but it will be interesting to see the kind of gruff and, and rough and tumble Sam Fisher come back and see how he has changed. If he's going to still be Sam Fisher or because we all know Sam Fisher was old in terms of the last game. If they take a new person and put him in the role of that agent and see if they kind of build out a new person for the new new generation of those kind of stealthy games, that would be pretty cool to see how that works. Uh, we've also already seen, you know, them do all the kind of collaborative stuff with Nintendo. So we'll probably see more Mario and rabbit stuff. Um, we haven't heard anything about skull and bones besides it getting delayed. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they do there. And I'm sure they're going to blow out again, more stuff with the ghost recon things. Uh, it'll be cool to see where they go from here. Um, with that kind of stuff. Uh, and I don't know what they're going to have in terms of surprises. I'm sure they'll do some more stuff about division two. Cause division two is doing really, really well. Uh, they'll probably do some more stuff with rainbow six because rainbow six is doing really well in the esports side of things. And they continue to put out new, new operators for that. So, um, and of course, the Ubi, Ubisoft show was always a spectacle. So they, you know, last time they had people dancing in the aisles and they had bands and stuff and it was super dope. So uh, we'll see how that plays itself out. Square Enix is going to be throwing up something as well. So we'll hear a whole bunch of Final Fantasy stuff, I'm sure. Uh, supposedly they have an Avengers project that's supposed to be in the space too. I haven't heard anything specifically about that, but I'm sure that it's going to be there. Um so I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't really think Square Enix needs a press conference. The fact that they have one it just kind of makes it feel like a space filler for the spot that they had that Sony usually took. And it's going to be pretty difficult for them to top any of the stuff that is, <laughs> is or what could have been done by Sony at this point of the year. Uh, because Sony, whenever their next big announcement is going to wind up being, it's going to be probably about their newest console. So... Uh, Square Enix has a lot of uh, room and, and big shoes to fill in terms of taking over that spot. Uh, Nintendo is always going to be uh, on Tuesday, so they are moving over a little bit later, I think, this year. Uh, I think they're going to be doing stuff around noon Eastern. Uh, we'll probably hear a lot about Super Mario Maker 2, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, and a new Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, those things are already ready, kind of in the hopper. We've already seen some Nintendo directs that have been talking about those. So I'm not seeing a lot of, um, surprises coming out of them. I know that there's been a conversation about a switch redux 
probably a little bit thinner, bigger screen. Uh, I don't know if that gets announced during E3 stuff. I really don't want one. I just think they need a, they need a, a, a same form factor for what they already have on the Switch. Make it run a little bit cooler. Take away the bezel around the screen, and I think everybody will be fine. I think that's the thing that everyone actually cares about. Um, they'll probably do some more Animal Crossing stuff because they kind of tease some of that stuff out. Luigi's Mansion 3 will probably definitely get some love. Fire Emblem as well. Uh, probably some Pokemon stuff too, because Pokemon with the movie coming out, I'm sure that there's a lot of cool stuff there for them to talk about. Uh, if there's going to be any more uh, DLC stuff for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and probably maybe some Splatoon 2 stuff, um, it would be really dope if they talked about any Metroid stuff. Because I feel like Metroid is one of those games that has still not gotten any love from Nintendo except for being a character in smash right so like if they do anything that shows that off that'll be cool if they show off even stuff from bayonetta the newest bayonetta game that i know that they're they're probably working on that would be super funky and i think that would be really cool um they need to do something different but it's hard because nintendo doesn't really do a lot of different stuff they kind of just hang out and they kind of just do what they need to do um, and rock as much as they possibly can. Um, I would love to see, um, some ports. I'd love to see some talk about the online infrastructure stuff. Cause I feel like that has gotten kind of just left in the box and no one has really talked about it. People are just kind of like resigned to the fact that Nintendo online stuff is kind of bad and haven't really kind of complained or beefed about it. Um, but I would like to see them talk about some of those things in, in some real ways. And especially now it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Reggie not having a presence at E3 anymore. That's kind of huge. It's one of those things that, you know, you don't really think about it until it's actually not going to happen. But Reggie was a huge part of their E3 presence and making sure that they had a kind of good representation on stage talking about the games and, and features and stuff that's coming down the pipeline for them. So it will be a very sad uh, E3 with no Reggie there, but Reggie is probably chilling on an island somewhere, drinking some pina coladas, laughing at people talking about, yeah, I ain't got to make that trip. <laughs> you got to make that trip now, Nintendo. I got nothing to do with me. Um, and again, it'll be a very interesting show this year. I feel like there will be something that's going to be in the mix. Um, we have a lot of appointments this year. Um, some games that I can't talk about yet, but have been announced. Actually, you know what? No, there's some stuff in there that already got announced that I think I can talk about. Um, Dying Light, the new Dying Light game. We'll definitely be able to go see that stuff. Um, we have a couple of interviews probably set up or at least some conversations hanging out with the folks from... Uh, checking out Outer Worlds because that was a game that we didn't get a chance to see uh, at the previous uh, previous conference. Uh, we just haven't had a chance to touch any of that stuff yet. Um, let's see who else. Devolver always has good games and always has cool stuff at the show. Um, and Aperna Interactive always has fun stuff that we'll probably be able to see. Uh, it, there's going to be some some cool stuff in the space. It's just a matter of trying to figure out you know, how much of those things with just myself going this year uh, that we'll be able to cover. But the so far, the 
calendar is fairly full <laughs> to be honest in terms of all those things so uh definitely make sure that you're checking out all our stuff when we when we do go live from the show floor and all those things because uh, we do have some fun stuff kind of coming up we have that john wick hex game uh that is coming out from mike bithel's squad so we're definitely going to be able to check that stuff out uh and we still have, probably have a big uh block of time with ubi uh during wednesday so we'll probably be able to see some stuff over there too. So we have a lot of cool things and EA play is going to be that weekend. So we're going to probably check out stuff on Monday really early, uh, just to see what's over there at the new star Wars game. Uh, we have an appointment for it. I'm hoping that we'll be able to see it on Monday, uh, and see if we can sneak in there and, and get some love and check that thing out. Um, or, well, actually, you know what? No, I'm lying. I won't be able to check that thing out because I'll be flying in on Sunday uh, pretty early. Um, and I think it butts up with my appointment. So I'll double check that stuff and, and, and make sure that you all have an opportunity to kind of peek in and, and understand where that stuff is going to wind up being uh, during the actual show. Uh, we're going to be doing some fun stuff in terms of E3 with the wonderful folks over at the Wardcast. Uh, we're going to team up and do some collaborative stuff and do some interviews with some people that you may know and some folks that you will definitely know. Um, so we'll give more details about that. It's going to be really fun to kind of do our version of the giant bomb couch uh, at E3 for the first time. So this is a little bit of a proof of concept. It's the thing that I've always wanted to do. Uh, and now I have, you know, the wonderful, wonderful fam over at uh, Wardcast to do it with. Uh, so we're going to test it out and see what it looks like. We, again, those folks who are going to be helping us out in the back end with video and audio stuff and editing are going to be churning, churning out content, uh, that we'll be able to share with you all on our YouTube channel and on our podcast feeds and stuff like that. So make sure you're sticking around and making sure you're checking out all that stuff for sure. Um, and if they, again, like by the time this goes up on Tuesday, you know, if there are folks that you want us to go poke at and say, Hey, here's a game that we definitely want you guys to check out. I'll check, I'll, I'll do the work and try to figure out if I can find those PR people and let them know uh, that we're interested in that. Our community wants to hear from them. Uh, there was a fantastic post that was put up by Phil Spencer talking about diversity today, uh, on Thursday, the 20th. Um, and I absolutely shouted him out and was like, yo, thank you for, for thank you for having that conversation. We want to make sure that we get a chance to talk to you about the console stuff that's coming up and also about the diversity angle uh, and about how that stuff works within Microsoft and how you, you know, you've talked about how important it is. So we want to talk to you about how important it is for us. Um, so shout out Phil Spencer, shout out Aaron Greenberg. We've had him on the show previously. Let them know that you want us to be in those rooms because that's the way it works. Um, uh, yeah, E3 is going to be pretty cool. It always is. It's always a blast. Uh, it's always a lot of work. It's going to be four days straight of me running around like a mad person with some plantar fasciitis in my foot, <laughs> hopping along, uh, and then going to hopefully some, some interesting, uh, conversations or hanging out with some interesting people and having fun conversations and there might be some parties and stuff going around in there too. So make sure you're checking us out there. Uh, and also in our Instagram, uh, cause we're going to be trying to kind of flesh out that even more in 2019 and going forward. Um, speaking of Instagram and other stuff that we're going to try to flesh out, we've been talking a lot about, you know, streaming more, uh, trying to figure out ways that I can, uh, expand what we've already been doing here at spawn on me. 
one of the cool things and opportunities that came our way was the folks over at Twitch, they reached out to, to me and the rest of the crew. And they said, hey, we have this ambassador program where we're trying to spotlight and highlight um, people who are doing really cool things in different segments on Twitch that most people don't really get a chance to kind of see. They already see the big name folks like ninjas and Dr. Lupos and myth and, and, and all the folks who are in those spaces. But we want to give love to people who are doing things in their communities, who are making the space better and also are coming at it from a different angle. And they said, Hey, we have this ambassador program. We'd love for you to be a part of it. We of course accepted because that's mad love to come, you know, coming from Twitch, huge, huge company with massive amounts of streamers, and to come to us and say, Hey, you guys are doing really cool work. We want to help you out. You have to take that stuff when you can. Um, so they flew me out to LA this past week. I stayed down in LA for, oh, I'm sorry, in San Fran. Sorry. Flew down to San Fran, uh, and hung out with them for a day. And we went, went through a lot of different conversations. It was really fascinating. One, I love their offices. Like I, I used to work at an Amazon, uh, office uh, here in Portland and the a Amazonification, uh, I'll use that as a word, I'll TM it, uh, of buildings uh, is really interesting because it kind of makes it into this kind of not futuristic, but, you know, more techie uh, kinds of spaces. It's like, you know, you have all your food kind of catered. You have, you know, all these spaces that are like kind of funky for you to work in, like they have pods and stuff. Um, the Twitch offices are off the hook. Like it is so dope to be able to go to a place that understands gaming and understands, you know, how they want their employees to feel. And, you know, you'll see it in some of the advertising that they do and some of the kind of campaigns they do where they're like, you know, hashtag bleed purple. And you kind of get that feeling that the people who work there do have that, you know, affinity towards the company. They do feel like the company is doing something really special and different and that they want to be a part of that culture, that streaming culture, that content creating culture that has sparked and grown over the past, you know, six years or so into this huge market, into this huge thing that we're still really in the infancy of. We're still in the really beginning baby steps of what streaming and content creators and content content creation looks like in a live entertainment format, right? So they bring all these folks in from all across the world. Um, got to meet a whole bunch of really dope content creators. I got to meet T-Rex who, you know, if you're familiar with Guardian Con, uh, you know about the work that they do over there for St. Jude's and the, you know, they're heavy into the Destiny community. So they're, they're, he was like super fun to meet. Um, I'd heard some good things about him from Paris over at Gamertag Radio before, and it was nice to see all those good sentiments kind of come through in real ways. Uh, Nicotine, who I got to got to meet, uh, is amazing. Uh, doing uh, RP streams over over on on their channel, like super fun people. Rory plays, who I got to meet, who is fantastic and lovely. She is so amazing. Definitely go check out her streams as well. We'll put a, a link into our into our email about that stuff. And I'm sorry, not our email into our show notes uh, for that. So you can take a look at that. So you can go follow them, but it, it had a really good vibe. Like everybody came through and was really ready to learn. They gave us this really dope 
ambassador package with had like this really funky and dope hoodie uh had this like really nice tumbler like they gave us some gifts and it made us really feel like we were at home at in that space it felt really nice to be able to say this company is paying attention and really is looking out for for what we are trying to do and we kind of broke down the day into multiple things so we had our introductions uh we talked to dj wheat uh who was fantastic uh, a big been a big fan of his for a long time he kind of came in and laid down the foundation for the day and talked about again how how special it was that we were there and then that you know we're the second batch basically of these these ambassadors and how we are stewards of the platform and get to share information with other other people who are going to be in that space we're going to hopefully be like the go-between uh where we can help other streamers kind of make their first baby steps into the space and you know if they're having some issues we can kind of be there to help some of those folks out um we hung out there talked to him uh then kind of started our day in terms of our lessons uh and they were really good like i didn't necessarily think at first that i was going to go into some of these things learning a lot you know we've or i've been doing this for almost probably 10 years at this point i've been dealing with people in in the press and and pr and uh, been on camera uh, numerous times and have done over 200 plus uh, episodes of a podcast and interviewed god knows over 200 people at this point so you kind of go into a thing like this kind of feeling like oh i know what i'm doing like i i, I have this all kind of on lock and i know what 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 has to happen what was really interesting was to hear from multiple people because again like streaming is is fairly new to us you know what i mean like we're in we're coming at this through a different lens than most of the people who are already coming to this event um but it was really nice to hear so many folks who are already doing that work talk about and share some of the pitfalls that they had some of the things that they were trying to get better with and have you know people on staff talk you through really good ways to kind of make some of those things different and or better for your stream it was really nice to be able to hear people talk about their growth it was really dope to hear people talk about the things that they messed up on like it is always great to be able to be in a room full of other creative people who are really passionate and also understand where you're coming from in terms of you having a voice and wanting to get out a message and share that thing across multiple hundreds of thousands of people every week, every month with your content and understand that you're not alone in that struggle. So it's like, we had a really great conversation with uh Kawhi guy who, uh, who was there, who did some fantastic work in kind of breaking us down and building us up, which I love. Right. So it's like, we went into the conversation kind of talking about, you know, what do you want your show to be? You know, what do you want your stream to be? What do you want people to kind of understand when they come to your stream? You know, what's the ethos of your stream? You know, what's the ethos of your content? And it may, and he really challenged us to think about not only what we bring to our communities, but like what we bring to the content creator space. And that was like, I left that thing just like, hands raised in the air, just like, man, like you understand and you get it. It was, it was really fun and really worth kind of sitting through the whole process to kind of get that information thrown to you in a way from people who understand it and who have been successful at doing the thing that you're trying to do. 
while also feeling like you have lots of ways that you can still grow. That's one of the things that, you know, as an older content creator as well, it's always a little bit harder because you feel like you're behind the eight ball and you're a little bit older. So you have to work a lot harder, which is true. Uh, just because of lack of time um, to be able to get the kind of uh, performance and to get the kind of quality and to get the, 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 the listenership and the community that you want. Because again, like, we're fighting everybody else in the world too, who's trying to do what we do. Um, so what makes your stuff special? So it was great to be able to be challenged about that and talk to, you know, a professional about, you know, how you build out a channel, you know, how do you think about, you know, what you bring to the table as opposed to what your content brings to the table you know, nitty gritty stuff about like social media usage. And we had this fantastic conversation with a woman who's the head of PR from Twitch. And just basically like, if you ever get tagged with, by the media, like here are some ways that you can talk to those folks about what you do in good ways that doesn't get you caught up. That stuff is, you know, PR 101 is not a thing that you get if you're, you know, not super successful. No, no, no one really gets media training unless you've taken speech classes in school or if you become big enough where you can hire someone to kind of show you the ropes about how to have those conversations in front of a camera or speaking to people who may not necessarily have their best you know your best intentions for you you know you might get thrown a gotcha question and you have to figure out how to answer that stuff so we got the chance to dig through and talk about you know ways to combat some of those missteps that you might have uh, while also giving yourself the ability to, to promote yourself in good ways. Um, really insightful stuff that I was really happy that we got a chance to, to dig through. Um, and I felt I came away from a lot of those meetings with lots of small tidbits about things that we could be doing better with our show. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can get on a schedule for our stream. Fingers crossed. Uh, see how that going to see how that might work in terms of the actual like nine to five job stuff and life uh, things. Cause I think, it, you know, we're at the precipice of something pretty cool. Like we have a lot of folks who like our, like what we do here at Spawn on Me. I think we have a lot of people who are rooting for us. Uh, I have, a, I think we have a lot of people who feel like we're also on the, you know, corner, you know, about to, about to turn the corner to getting bigger. Uh, and want to help us do that work, people at Twitch included. Um, so I want to see, I want to use this particular opportunity to kind of build that stuff out, right? Like you don't want to leave money on the proverbial table when people are offering you up good visibility for you to be able to do cool stuff. So um, that, you know, that circles back into E3 stuff that that moves into TwitchCon stuff that we're going to be going to later on in the year in September. Um, that moves into, you know, I'm going to be going to Evo this year and then PAX West. So, you know, always keeping your eyes open for stuff like that. And then we kind of ended out the day talking to some of the project managers about some of the, uh, aspects of Twitch itself as a platform. So, um, that stuff I can't really dig into because it has, and involves, you know, some potential, potential site things that are going to be coming up. Uh, but it was really good to be able to talk to some folks from the trust and security team about, you know, things that we have come into contact with as a show. You know, we, we I made sure that I talked to them about the, the, 
the terrible time that Tanya had to go through, uh, you know, post her leaving the show, uh, and, and, and being basically stalked by people, uh, you know, kind of coming into her chat. If you had not been paying attention to that stuff over her on her Twitter feed, it was like, it was monstrous for months, you know, when people weren't really giving her help. And I was like, yo, yeah, I gotta make sure that you are looking out for the people who are like huge advocates for your platform and make sure that marginalized people are not being crapped on and have a feeling like they can trust what you guys are, are doing here because you're going to have at some point a mass exodus of people who are just like Twitch isn't safe for me here. Like as a Brown person, as a marginalized person, I don't feel safe, you know, when the tools aren't there to actually help me get my work done and help me be as successful as I possibly can on this platform. So it was nice to be able to, to voice some of that stuff to an actual human being, as opposed to a forum or an email address or, or any of that stuff. Um, so it was great to be able to talk to someone and, and, and gig, dig into that in a real way. And I feel like they were really receptive to the conversation. Like they understand where their, where their faults are right now. They know how they could be doing better. Um, but it is also this really interesting time for them where we've never seen this influx of content creators kind of coming to a space th in these numbers. Like I can't say actual numbers cause they told us not to talk about those numbers, but it is, it is just mind boggling how many people watch Twitch. It is mind boggling how many people participate in as streamers on Twitch. It is really amazing to see what this particular outlet for expression and for uh, creation has become in such a very short time. Um, it really does make the fact that we have now been asked to be ambassadors for this platform, even that more special. And, and, and again, like that's because of all of you at home, like everyone who's listening to this on, you know, your podcast platform of choice or xray.fm, like our growth is because of all of you spreading the word, listening, passing the show along to other people, sharing that you think we do good work when we have our streams, when we have our spawn for good events, you know, all those things lift us up and push us into bigger and, and better directions. And we, we hope that you all continue to do that stuff um, because it just affords us opportunities to get us into new spaces and, and, and bring new people to all of you and, you know, make more inroads and connections. So we, you know, we're looking to build that stuff out and, and have fun while we do it. So yeah, it's a lot of cool stuff that's happening on the Twitch side of things. Um, I'm really excited for where it may lead us. Uh, if we continue to be consistent and, um, push in those directions. And again, we're, tr we're trying to figure out ways that we can collaborate with people and do really fun things in that, in those spaces too. Um, I would love to, to hang out with T-Rex and, 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 you know, uh, unruly over, uh, from yo gamers. Who's fantastic. It was great to talk to him all night about, uh, mortal Kombat and stuff. Cause if you're ever familiar with the stuff that he's doing with Maximilian and all those cats over on YouTube, like they're huge. They're not a small channel. Like they, they pull in crazy amounts of donations and crazy amounts of subs and crazy amounts of follows and all that stuff on a consistent basis. So it's like being in the room with people who are that big and that, you know, that well known is never a, a thing to look in, in the mouth. So, um, 
yeah twitch was good twitch was a lot of fun i had I had a blast down there i'd love to go visit them again soon uh, and we'll fill you in on more things that are happening in that space with them soon um but before we get up out of here uh i want to talk about a couple of games i've been playing because uh it's been pretty busy uh it's been a lot of travel uh i've been gone uh to la i mean sorry to la yeah to san fran in the past week this week coming up i'll be gone again i'll be going to go see some family in missouri uh, so i'll be going over the labor day uh, memorial day weekend so a lot of things happening we're getting cool stuff from logitech who have been sending us stuff to, to look at and review uh folks from astro sent us the c40 controller there's a lot of cool stuff that's been happening and it's all been really busy so it's been difficult to find times to play stuff but i did get a chance to dig into rage 2 um it's again kind of mediocre in some ways but i think that it's a thing that you should play i don't think it's a thing you should buy now um bethesda sent us a copy of the game uh to check out and the review and I'm working through that now. And so far I'm having a blast with it. It just isn't special. Like that's the weird and kind of sad part about the game is like, I came off a of days gone being a little bit frustrated with the fact that that game is good on paper, but in practice, uh, if you read my review in the Hollywood reporter, you know, doesn't really hit the notes that it feels like it should because it is stifled by this open worldness that it needs to kind of fulfill rage two is open and barren in weird ways. So it's like, you have all this really cool space to roam in. You have all these kind of cool biomes to kind of dig back and forth from jump from one to the other, but the enemies feel kind of throwaway. The story doesn't feel like it's that interesting. And the boss battles so far have been way too easy uh, or just on normal default difficulty for me to really feel like there was anything that I could write home about. Like there isn't anything memorable yet about any of the enemies that I've seen because I'm so OP at this point and I'm still early in the game, but I'm so overpowered at this point that it doesn't feel like any of the weapons are, you know, giving me issues or it doesn't feel like the enemies are giving me issues to do anything. Like if you get swarmed, you're going to have problems. But if you're just like taking time and paying attention, you're going to be in a fine spot and not have to worry about any of that stuff where the game shines is with the variety of weapons and powers that you get where, you know, you can jump in the air and do a Hulk smash, uh, coming down from the sky and people just explode into bits, right? You get, your overdrive, which is like the, the, the superpower where you kind of Hulk out, uh, and it does, uh, modify your weapon. So like you'll have a rocket launcher that shoots one rocket. And then when you hit overdrive, it splits into like 15 rockets. Right. Um, those things are fun. Those things are interesting and cool. Graphically. It's beautiful. It's a gorgeous game. Um, I've heard some, some, uh, complaints and some, uh, criticisms about the, uh, visual aesthetic, especially the kind of uh, uh, association with, uh, you know, the deformities that have been associated with certain characters, kind of how people have felt about those things. Chris plant friend of the show wrote this fantastic article about, you know, how he felt about the usage of, you know, the, the cleft pla cleft palates of some of the, 
uh, enemies and how, you know, he as a person who grew up with a cleft palate, uh, how that made him feel, you know, kind of detached to that, to that game and how it kind of felt like, you know, when he had conversations about being more um, uh, cognizant of that stuff with the Bethesda team uh, that they, you know, they, they talked about it, but they didn't necessarily do anything about it. So it's, it's a great read. It's over on Polygon. You should check it out. Um, but that's the thing that's like in my head now that when I'm thinking about the game of like, you're not really treating everyone well with some of the aesthetic that you put into the game. So, you know, I do think it's a thing that has a lot of ups and downs and cons. I think it is a game that you should definitely check out. Wait till it drops on sale. Uh, I don't think it's a $60 worth game yet. Uh, but a game I do think is worth you checking out and playing is a game on mobile and on uh, Steam called Alt Frequencies. Uh, I got a chance to get my hands on this uh, to review it and didn't know much about it at all. Uh, it's very simple in, in its uh, graphics because it's on you know phone and, and Steam. But what I'm coming away from the game with is storytelling in kind of very minimalistic ways always kinds of brings out more in the narrative because it's not clouded by all these other things that we have these expectations for. Right. And it's kind of limited because of some of the platforms that it's on. So all, all frequencies is this kind of story-based game, narrative-based game. You're piecing together this, this puzzle about, you know, these freedom fighters who are kind of having these, uh, having these conversations about this kind of, malicious corporation putting out these things called time loops, right? So time loops are basically like, you know, you splitting up time and cutting it and chunking it up and then, you know, force feeding versions of it to specific people while not giving it to others. And so far I'm really enthralled with the way the game plays. So like everything is coming to you through a radio. And especially works if you're playing this thing on, on the road, like if you're doing this and playing this on your phone, because it just fits that uh, form factor really well. So you're kind of dialing your way through all these different radio stations and listening for parts of the conversations that the hosts are having on their radio stations that you can use and record uh, and then play back to other radio station hosts. So like, one of the iner uh, initial parts of the game, and this isn't really a spoiler, but you kind of go in and you learn the mechanics of recording and, and playing stuff back, which are really simple. Um, and you reach this pirate radio station and a pirate radio station is like full of static. Uh, so you dial into another station that has like kind of, I wouldn't say Morse code, but it has some bleeps and bloops in there. Um, and you record some of those and then you use those bleeps and bloops and replay that on the pirate radio station. And it basically decodes the messaging that's happening on that particular station so that you can uh, continue and progress throughout the story. It's really well done because it's like active listening to the 10th degree. You have to be paying attention to what people are saying and, and the kind of small uh, inflections in their voice uh, you know, where they're leaving off in parts of conversations, uh, what they're saying in parts in, in those conversations and how those could be connected to other narratives that are being shared on other radio stations within the game. It's super well done. Uh, I'm really having a blast with it. It's called Alt Frequencies. Uh, check it out on, uh, I think it's on iOS and possibly Android. 
uh, but it's on i know ios and uh steam um i don't know how much it costs yet because i got our i got a copy from uh pr but i think it's one of those things that you can check out and i think it rain, maybe runs about two hours or so a uh, perfect kind of bite-sized game uh, a nice palette cleanser uh feels like digital sorbet in some ways so you can kind of cleanse that palette for all the stuff that you've been playing already um and it feels like a nice kind of small experience that you'll be able to kind of play get through and i feel like it'll stay with you because of the way that the dynamic um conversations happen and and how those things kind of play themselves out in the narrative so definitely check that out that is my recommendation for the week you should definitely be checking that out um and yeah uh we're almost out of time for this week we're pretty much out of time for this week uh we have a lot of stuff again to share with you in the next couple of weeks uh heading into e3 again use your voices out there in social media shout out people in the gaming industry tell them that you want them to be on our show uh it has worked in the past it will work again in the future so make sure you're doing that again thank you all for rocking with us this week and every week, make sure you're checking out our GoFundMe as well. Uh, we want to make sure that we're hitting our goal. Uh, we're definitely trying to figure out ways that we can pay for the next two years of coverage. Again, going to shows like E3, uh, PAX, and all these other conferences as a whole crew is super, super important um, and helps us grow in many, many ways. Um, so if you could definitely check out the links that we have in our show notes for that uh, and donate and share that stuff out. If you want to hit us up on social media, you want to check out more stuff that we're doing, uh, we'll be able to tell you about that right about now. But until then, we want to say thank you again and peace.